O Lord, may the words which are spoken on this day, at this time, and all of the meditations and all of the thoughts of our hearts and of our minds, O Lord, may it all be acceptable to you. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in the name of Jesus, amen. So I look into the bulletin, and I see printed there, Reverend Ida Easley, and I come to a place of humility, of humbleness, realizing she was the one who was preparing to be here at this time, at this moment. You knowing that she had met and talked with Carolyn and chose the songs to sing this morning, and that all of that is a reflection of, of Ida, and the prayers that are there just woven throughout the service. And when I take a look at them and I notice, and as you do too, look into those prayers, and, and it's a wonder what was chosen there and how she chose what it would make up this service in such an awesome and beautiful and inspiring way, especially on a morning in which we hear of her passing from this life and born into the next. And how even in those prayers, that's reflected in, inside of them. And just knowing that the songs that are here came from her heart and her favorites that are there. I'm just humbled. I'm humbled because Ida is such a dear one in the Lord. Hmm. And she chose that passage from Isaiah. And she chose about comfort and joy. <laughs> And I realize that's so Ida, isn't it? Comfort and joy, because that's her. One who would just embrace with comfort and with her smile would just exude a joy upon anyone she would meet. And she would want that for us right here and right now, too. Hmm. On this particular Sunday of the year, the last Sunday, as we look forward to the first on this particular Sunday of the year in which we move out of that very holy, wondrous, miraculous time of a Christmas and a Christmas Eve, when we gather here or wherever it was that you were on that Christmas, and there it was just a few days ago where we lit candles and we held them and we sang together those beloved Christmas carols. And then it happens where all of a sudden, almost like a rush, that here we are already looking into the next year. And we're saying Merry Christmas and Happy New Year all at the same time. It's like we're on this track of moving forward so quickly, but that's life for us, isn't it? How quickly things move along. In the twinkling of an eye, the days pass and the years pass and life passes. And I was praying to the Lord after Pastor Dave gave a call, can you come to offer the word? Oh Lord, whether it be Isaiah passage or another, and the Lord said, that was for Ida. What you need to bring is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, not knowing what the news would be of this morning and how relevant and how beautiful and how right it is that there's a season for everything in life, a season, a timing, a timing that's just the way it needs to be, a time to be born and a time to die. <laughs> and all of that that's in between is where we stand right now and here on this day. All of that that's in between those two places in life, where the teacher, 
the author of Ecclesiastes. Way that he spells it out and tries to give us this, this sense of the breadth of life in this beautiful poem here in chapter three. For all the way through Ecclesiastes, he's wrestling with meaning of life, with the purpose of life. Those questions that we ask on a day that we either look at our own mortality or that of one we love. And we wrestle with the questions about life and the meaning and the purpose of it. That's Ecclesiastes all the way through. For the teacher is seeking a wisdom from beyond himself. And he tries to pace together all of these wonders and experiences in life. And so here in this very poem in chapter 3, we have these 14 expressions about this spectrum of life. Of 28 different points we find ourselves at one time or another in, even though this was penned 2,500 years ago, even though it was a truth that was told then, it is relevant for us today, and we find ourselves right in the midst of this, as the teacher reminds us of these wonderful milestones that we have in our lives and the experience that we're held within. But he keeps asking these questions all the way through Ecclesiastes about the purpose and the meaning of our life and the relevance of who am I in the midst of all of this? And now we find ourselves on a Sunday morning of an in-between time, Christmas and New Year. In that very place, we can be asking likewise. And so it is, we all have our own traditions for all of these seasons of life, the things that we do and how we prepare for things and how we celebrate moments and times of life, especially Christmas. We all have our traditions, even those simple traditions that we don't even exactly think about, but we have created in our own households, like when it is we decorate our homes. Maybe it's for you that Thanksgiving weekend. You pull out the boxes, you pull out the decorations, and you decorate your home inside and out. And then there comes the time in which the decorations come down and are put away, and perhaps you've already done that. Because maybe it is for you right after Christmas. Maybe it is for you that first weekend after Christmas. Or maybe it is then on New Year's Day that you pull the decorations down. Or maybe it is on Epiphany Sunday, January 6th, that the decorations come away. But you have that ritual, that tradition, that timing that marks it, and that you just do, we tend to, and have that normal seasonal cycle that we have. Remembering Bonnie and I, when we moved into our home here in Summerlin some years back, we're no longer in that home, but it was in the Hills Village, and there with Amy and Allie, we were in our home, and and came Christmas time and time to decorate. We had the decorations packed away, of course, during the rest of the year, boxed them all up, and they would go under under the stairs. For under the stairs, there's this coat closet in the house. And inside of the coat closet, if you would kneel down, actually kneel down onto the ground, and there you would crawl through that coat closet, there was this little doorway that you'd push it open, and inside of it was a secret closet in the closet itself, under the stairwell, this dark, dusty place that you would have to crawl into to get and push those boxes in and away underneath the stairs. And that's where we would put our Christmas decorations, pack them up and store them in there. Well, that was part of the ritual, pull them out and put them back in. 
Well, so we packed up the Christmas decorations and put them all in their right boxes, and I got on my hands and knees and crawled under into that dark, dusty closet and put them away. There, it's done. That's that. Coming back out and looking around the house, you know what it looks like when you've taken them all down. It's like the walls are blank. It's like there's this emptiness there in the house. It's like we're in this in-between gap in this place about what was and the decorations and the meaning and the warmth and the beauty they brought. And now, what does the new year bring on these empty walls and these empty spaces? Kind of brings you back into that place of questioning and wondering, like in Ecclesiastes. But this one year, I happened to notice about a week after we packed up Christmas and put it under the stairs again, I happened to notice a Christmas decoration in the corner that we missed. You've done that, haven't you? Where you miss that Christmas decoration that was either up high someplace or down low someplace, and your eye passed it over. It was Joseph, Joseph of all. <laughs> Joseph, poor Joseph, who often gets ignored and forgotten and kind of left out of a lot of things. There he was in the corner. Notice Joseph a couple of weeks after Christmas. Put him in hand and thought, Joseph, what do we do with you now? I guess I got to go back under the stairwell and find the right box and put it away. But I thought, later, you know, one of those things, later, because I did not want to get into that dark, dusty closet again. So I put Joseph back up on the mantle where he was at one point, and I went back about just life. Because right after Christmas is over and you look to the new year, doesn't it just pick up speed? And it just moves, moves you right on into the new year. And it's kind of like you move on into a timetable and a schedule that is not of your own or something. And you just get swept away in it. And life just moves so swiftly and quickly, kind of out of hand, kind of out of the way that I'm even having choice about things. And there was Joseph sitting on the mantle. And another week went by. Oh, I'll get to that later, Joseph. I'll put you away at some point. And then Joseph got moved from the mantle over to a table and then, and then up on a counter. And then eventually Joseph was up on top of the kitchen cabinet <laughs> looking down on us. Many, many years, I mean, many, many weeks now into the new year, <laughs> Joseph was there looking down on us and watching us. And there came the point in time where it was like, oh, just stay there till next Christmas, Joseph, and we'll, we'll reunite you with your family. Joseph was up there all year, though, watching us. And it was, kind of, it was kind of nice, you know, actually, that Christmas was up there on the kitchen cabinet looking down on us. How I realized through the year we need that. We need to be watched over and reminded of Christmas and all seasons and times of the year to remember. It was good that Joseph was there all that year, I'm remembering a time of ministry at University Church here in Las Vegas when it was the first appointment I had as an associate in there, and it was youth ministry that was my place of ministry, and it was so rich, and it was so challenging, and it was so exciting and ever-changing in youth ministry, and there was a time of graduation, and I was talking with one of the young ladies, the graduates, <clears throat> graduating from high school and launching off now into the next season of her life you know, the seasons of life that Ecclesiastes speaks of, that time to plant and a time to, to harvest, 
a time to gather the stones and a time to cast them aside and a time to, to tear apart and a time to sow as well. All those seasons of life. And here she was in her point in her season of life of graduating from high school. And I asked her the question. I said, tell me about what it what was it that drew you here to University United Methodist Church and why have you been a part of this for so long? And she said it was on a Christmas Eve that our family showed up to church. The first time in a long time, or maybe it was the first time as a family, we showed up in church here at university. And when we came into the chapel, it was, it was so beautiful. She started to get a little dreamy about it. It was so wonderful. It was out from the dark cold of the night, and we came in, and there was warmth, and there was light. And we looked up, and in the chandeliers were the green boughs of greenery up in the chandeliers and the Christmas trees up on either side of the organ, and they were twinkling their beautiful white lights. And, and then the Christmas carols that everyone sang, and we held these candles in hand, the Christmas candles. And we passed the light from one to the other, and it was like she was in a distant place of a memory that she was holding on to. In this moment of her life, in this time as a young woman, graduating and having all of this life where she had come from and where she was going to in this gap of time in between, and holding on to something that gave her comfort and hope and promise and stability in life when life was a bit shaky and uncertain. She was holding the Christ candle right there at that moment. You've been to those places and times of your life when you've needed to hold the Christ child because things were a bit uncertain and, un, and a bit shaky. That's where Ecclesiastes is in this poem. With all of these times and periods of life, he started out asking the very question and making the statements. Do you remember how Ecclesiastes begins? He says it's vanity. It's all vanity. Huh. Meaning that there's this thinness, this veneer in life often that's there that just doesn't have much depth to it, that's a bit shaky and questionable. There's this vanity that's there, a way in which we're not sure about life. That's how he begins this letter in the scriptures. And all the way through it, he's searching for purpose and for meaning all the way and asking these questions about life. And here he lands in this poem now about the breadth and all of the experiences. Where does he find meaning? And how on this day of an in-between Sunday from Christmas and New Year do we find a hope? It comes in holding the Christ candle. And in bringing the Christ candle into all times and places and parts of our life. Because this is what he was saying in this part of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. As he passes through and by this time of a time to be born and a time to die. He says, what gain have the workers from all of this toil? I have seen the business that God has given to everyone to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, has he put, he has put a sense of the past and the future into their minds, and yet they cannot find out what God has done from the very beginning to the very end of life. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy, to enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that they should eat, drink, take pleasure in all their toil, 
I know that whatever God does endures forever, and nothing can be added to it, taken away from it. God has done this so that we can stand in awe before our God. That which already has been, that which is to be, already is, and God seeks out what has gone by. Ecclesiastes has searched for meaning in the experiences of life and all of the events of our lives and those mile markers all along and trying to find meaning there, which is what we do in life. We kind of paste together these photo albums in life and kind of see the meaning of our own life that has purpose by the stories that we tell one another and the experiences we've had along the way. And that's what Ecclesiastes attempts to do until he realizes that it's in this golden thread that moves on through life that is often unseen by us until we suddenly have eyes to see and ears to hear, and that is the presence of God through all of it. And that God is there holding us together. It is God who is there then in the very light of Christ and the candles that we hold when we most need to so that we don't pack Christmas away in a box and put it under the stairwell and try to move on with life and muster and gather together meaning and purpose and value in it on our own initiative. But we find that God is in the midst of it all like he promised, always there. So we hold that light of Christ today and into the new year to come so that when your soul gets rattled, so that when you hear once again on the news that says we're moving into a ninth or a tenth day of a government shutdown with no end in sight, and you wonder, will they ever come together and meet and make decisions that are for the good of all? And then we hear news reports that say in the stock market has, has sunk to deeper levels and from the Great Depression time, and then it shoots up high like a roller coaster into the heights, and now the stock market is at the top end that it's ever been at, and amazing a roller coaster ride that we find ourselves on when we hear the news once again of a child who was a, a child of, of, an, of a family seeking refuge has died in a place of a holding place for children during that time of immigration. And we wonder, what is it? Lord, where are we with this world? It seems wild and crazy and out of control in so many ways. And that's when you reach for the Christ candle. That's when you reach for the candle of hope. And you hold it in your place of darkness. When you've just lost a dear friend. And you remember. Silent night, holy night. All is calm and all is bright. And there you find the comfort and the joy that comes from Jesus, that comes from God in our midst who says, I'm with you always. Reach for the Christ candle when the world is spinning and you wonder of the purpose of it all and the meaning that's there. God has us in hand. God has our first days when we took breath and God has our life in eternity. And so on this particular Sunday, between Christmas and New Year's, we land on the rock. 
and we hold the Christmas candle and we sing, praise be to God who holds us forever. Amen.